0: Welcome back to Create
1: a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and with me today, and I have to change my voice for him because he is the magician, Jonathan Pritchard. He's been on stage with Chris Angel. He's been on stage in war times and good times. He's traveled the world learning the psychology and the Experiential mindset of imagination, design, theory of mind. Jonathan
0: Pritchard, tell us who you are. Hey, glad to be here, man. Thanks for the, the rocking intro. I just always have to say I was backstage with Chris Angel. I haven't been on stage with him. I was bu- strictly behind the scenes. I got that face for uh, radio kind of thing going on. So, yeah. The- <laughs> Basically, my my background is I grew up doing magic tricks. When I was a teenager, I got interested in mind reading tricks, and that was my area of specialty. I met my mentor, James Randi, who recently passed away. He, at the time, had a million-dollar challenge to anybody who claimed to be genuinely psychic or have supernatural powers like that. Well, you show us, then you get a million dollars. And I handled applications and designed testing protocol for that million-dollar challenge. And that's when I saw every way that people were trying to scam their way to the money and figured, I can do these scams better than they can. And then that's how my showbiz career started.
1: So I want you to unpack for me one thing. I saw it on America's Got Talent. Some magician. He was touching Simon's hand. Or or was it Simon's or... I don't know. He was touching either Simon's or the other guy's hand. And then the other person's hand right rose because they were mentally connected with their psychic. So I want to unpack that because it always intrigues me. Not when you could pull stuff out of your jacket in weird ways that you can't see, but when, <laughs> or your sleeves or whatever, but when, when you can touch somebody's body and somebody else raises their
0: hand, all I can say about that is I am really good friends for more than a decade with the guy who came up with that trick. So I will pass along your sentiments to him. <laughs> but that is a, a trade secret that if you haven't spent a lifetime of self-denial alone in a room to learn those skills and techniques, you you don't have the experience and background to to handle those kinds of secrets. So... I'm, I'm really saving you from yourself there.
1: All right. So you're not the man in the black mask. That's, I, I was just checking to see if you were the man in the black mask. But no, yeah,
0: that, given that, what. That's, yeah, the, the masked magician is is to me a really fascinating story. Uh, it's kind of insider baseball trade secret stuff. But it's, it's actually really cool because the the guy who came up with that idea really loves magic. And the explanations for season one are really wacky. They're they're functional, but they're not actually plausible and they weren't actual secrets. He dreamt up most of the explanations, but the producers don't have experience in the magic world, so they don't know it's a fake explanation, so they were exposing imaginary secrets, which to me is a hilarious metacon and it gets famous. Then they want to do season two, but it's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm out of ideas. So let's, let's call this off. They fired him. And that's the thing with the mask. Anybody could wear it. So now season two and three, they were actually revealing the real work, but yeah, it's kind of, when you, when you try to control a a beast you conjure, it's probably going to destroy you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, You know, that gets me to to my favorite kinds of topics, which is how is it that uh, the audience, the people, the citizenry are so um, under the spell of the magicians of the systems that we're in because Mm -hmm. psychologically speaking, it doesn't make sense to me. I can see it. Why can't you see it, right? It's like, is, is, my, is my way of, of looking at it. Like I can see that big agriculture is poisoning our food. Why can't you see that? And why is, it, why is it okay that you see it if you see it and don't care? Like, why? what is it about the psychology, the mindset of people that allows them to be so duped out of doing actions that are in their own self-interest that are in their own betterment.
0: That's a big question. Um, Let me, let me try to approach it with, with this. Um, Do you have your cell phone next to you? Yeah. All right. Would you put it face down in front of you? Yep. Right. Because, this, this is kind of an experiment to, to see how your brain works. And kind of based on the numbers, we look at our phones at least a couple hundred times a day, right? if, if not more. Uh, whether you've got an iPhone or an Android, this is the same no matter what. On your lock screen, we all see exactly the same thing, which is the time. So without looking at anything else, what exact time is it?
1: I don't know. Cause I haven't been looking at, I wasn't looking at it.
0: Exactly. What you were expecting to see and your fundamental values of what you're looking for prioritizes what your mind will pay attention to. You were, you weren't consciously aware of the time, but it was in your visual field So you perceived it, but you weren't aware of it because of what information you were looking for means that you're going to filter out everything that isn't your values.
1: Obviously, you can't learn somebody's lesson and nobody's trying to to do that. But I can educate somebody on or life educates them. it's not about me. It's about what is in the world that people are seeing. So people see their family and friends dying of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, et cetera. And they'll still eat massive amounts of sugar and not worry about, you know, like not care, not uh, have a thought that says, maybe the action that I'm taking is, a, is causing the result that I'm getting, right? So yes, it's them doing their own Kung Fu, but I'm asking what it is in their own mind, not... Anything that I have to say, they're the one experiencing it. They got diabetes and they're, you know, drinking the soda and eating the sugar. What is it about the mind that makes it so that they are or people in general are so willing to go against their own self-interest?
0: Got it. There's a lot going on that weaves together to reinforce that behavior. Um, there, there's a lot that could be going on too. So that's a, a difficult thing to nail down as well. But a big part of a lot of our behavior is that it serves some purpose and is some kind of strategy for need fulfillment. So in some way, their choices are the best strategies they have to feel important, to feel reassured, to feel safe, to feel connected, to feel valued. Even though it might be a bad strategy, it still might be effective. And that's the best way that they know how to fulfill those needs that they've got
1: yeah just look at the history of of that person it's interesting um you know that that explains why kids a lot are so willing to you know eat fast food i mean i have kids that they're young oh and and he you know my my uh stepdaughter's uh boyfriend said to me the other day cuz i asked him why he would be using the microwave even though he knows that it's not for him to use the microwave he's like i'm young i'm 20 it doesn't affect me right now i'll be i'll worry about it when it affects me right (laughs) he's like i'm like oh really so a small effect or a big effect right an imperceptible effect is still an effect and you know beyond right but i was i grew up i was a uh i call myself a canary in the coal mine because a brain tumor when I was really young and uh, and symptoms of it that we never knew that it was there until I was 24. Symptoms started when I was seven. So I knew that things that I did affected how I felt. right? Um, and so I had a very conscious perception of that at a very young age, that the, the actions that I'm taking are causing a consequence to to those actions. And it, and it was immediate, right? It's not like, you know, you have a small gluten intolerance that doesn't, that causes a minor inflammatory response, not a big one that causes massive stomach pain. Mine was more, you know, things were pretty evident to me. So I was very well trained to become interested in the actions and effects and actions and effects and down the line, butterfly effect and things like that. So the question becomes, if the consequence is down the line, how do we get the consequence in their mind or how does somebody get the consequence in their mind that their path is leading that way Because you can't tell a kid that when they're 80, they're going to be bent over like this if they keep looking at the phone all day like this, right? That they're going to be looking at their shoes. They're going to go, I don't care. I'm straight up right now, (laughs) right? So I'm just trying to get like, how do we get the mind to work in, in a way that is for our benefit instead of for the benefit of our habits
0: and fears, What's the saying? The best way to move a river is at its source. The earlier you can change, the greater effect it'll have over time. That's just how it works. An idiot can't learn from their own mistakes. A normal person will learn from their own mistakes. A genius can learn from other people's mistakes. Most normal people require multiple exposures to their own bad choices before they're ever even aware of a choice being made in the first place. And the lesson will continue showing up at louder and louder levels until it's at the limit of where they can be aware of it. Because the same level of thinking that creates that level of problems isn't going to change So They can move, they can change environments, but that same decision-making structure is still in place, so you'll make the best decisions you could make, which will create those level of problems that you're used to dealing with. So the consequences just keep showing up again and again until that person goes, oh, maybe I'm the problem here. (laughs) And that that sometimes can take a lifetime. All righty. Cool. Thank you
1: so much for being here. It's been a great uh, conversation. I I know that the audience has gotten a lot of good, you know, just enjoying the conversation, but a lot of good actionable things that they can do to create their new tomorrow today. And so I really appreciate you, uh, you being here and thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for participating. Remember to review and subscribe and rate the show comment as you will, because we love hearing the comments and uh, being able to interact with you as well. So this has been another episode of create a new tomorrow. I'm your host Ari Gronich. Thank you so much for being here, Jonathan,
0: and good night. (laughs)